Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 407 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave and with me this week is... How are you doing? Oh, I am good, thank you. <laughs> good. It's been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Ah, uh, so since I uh, was on with you and we were launching the Geek Town Awards, I thought it would be uh, my job to go out there and see some of the things that we put up for nominations um, in the multiple lists that we had. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more with you, but I have watched all three Doctor Who's. Yes, um, good. But we'll talk about that when we come on to you. <laughs> um, but I've also been watching very slowly culprits and upload uh been trying to get through those i'm getting a little bit more into upload i think when i first started talking to you about it about two episodes ago um i was struggling with it i'd I'd forgotten the big gap between seasons um and now i'm slightly getting back into it so i think i'm on episode four now um and i'm enjoying it i'm not sure where they're going to go if they complete this season and if there'll be another one i'm not sure there's been any announcements about that yet not Um, yet no um but you know i am enjoying it again i I do love the both lead actors in that they're, they're really quite good they've got good chemistry culprits i am enjoying but they're such long episodes and i have been really struggling this term with how busy work has been so sometimes i sit there and think oh an entire hour <laughs> maybe i'll go for a half an hour one instead so then you see me watching things like two doors down yes. which is a sitcom on bbc absolutely hilarious um i put it on the other night and my partner who'd never seen it before was watching it with me and you could just see him finding it so funny just these character observations of uh, people in scotland in this in this street where they all live near each other it's so it's just such a comedy it got bumped back up to bbc one this year yes from its bbc two home and uh one of the lead one of the ret- characters returned dune mckeeshan who many people might know from smack the pony in the 90s was right, um, a lead yeah. character yeah she was a lead character episode Oh, from seasons one to five and then she decided to step away but her character was so iconic and they've created a great storyline for her to return in episode one of season seven just brilliant writing there and i hope it gets into a couple more seasons so i know normally when a comedy show gets bumped to bbc one it sometimes is the start of the, of the end they kind yeah. of be like oh we're going to end the series now but no that's uh that's been really good and i'm still watching lazarus project still enjoying that uh, again longer episodes so it takes me a while to get through them and then we started uh, 007 road to a million have you seen this dave i haven't no how is it because i was aware of it i'd seen like press releases and stuff for it but yes how's it going because it's reality tv show it's reality show so it's just a bit of an odd setup so uh, my partner watched race across the world and really enjoyed that and there's an element of that to it plus they have these quizzes and these tasks and they're all around the world of james bond like they start their first one in scotland and then they go to italy it's just uh, there are about eight or ten couples involved and like episode one you you only meet two couples and then in episode two you meet another two couples and yet Uh. you keep going back to it's really odd how it's done and it keeps you guessing because some couples don't last the entire run and some couples are clearly going to last a bit longer so like we've just watched episode two 
and we meet a couple for the first time, but we haven't seen them before. So they sort of go through how they got to this point. There's really clear editing decisions, almost like these characters aren't interesting enough when they do their first two tasks. So we're not <laughs> going to show that. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, you know, there's, and you know, Brian Cox is loving life. He's in a little room with lots of computer screens and it is big husky voice. He's making comments and sly nods to the camera. It should, um, should clear up that, that that is not Professor Brian it's very slow paced and obviously it's not your standard reality show because you don't really get to know the contestants you're almost introduced to a new set of contestants each week but they've been doing the entire run with the, the first set very odd it's that's a so. really strange way of doing it yeah but, um, it's a very I mean, strange way it, it seems to have been working okay it's got a second season renewal in fact i, I think they actually renewed it before it had even started so they seem to have faith it yeah it's, yeah it's very glossy very good very well shot and they've put their money into it so it's, it's also a kind of an interesting one that they've got away with doing this because obviously this has come out of the fact that MGM who make the Bond movies is now owned by Amazon but they mm. aren't allowed to do anything directly with James Bond without the permission of the people that own James Bond the um, Broccoli mm, family the Broccolis yeah so you're not going to see like a young James Bond TV series or a James Bond TV series because the Broccolis won't allow it they will only allow them to make movies so they're sort of using the James Bond name to create things like this which which is a really interesting offshoot. But I mean, fine. Okay. I, I did sort of look at it slightly sideways when they said that they were going to do it, but as long as it's entertaining enough, I guess. Yeah, doing the job. We're enjoying Survivor much to the the mass media's absolute distaste for it um joel domit and his uh 24 contestants it's exactly how i remember the first two seasons from many years ago on itv it's just the psychology of how people behave and you know to try and get immunity and then voting and alliances and tactics it's really you know it, it's a very clever show i know that everyone is hating on it so it probably wouldn't come back again but i think they've got a good formula and it is interesting to see how it works. So we've been enjoying that. Uh, we've still got two episodes to catch up on and then we'll be up to date. And I think the final will land just before Christmas. So that's Joel Domit's Survivor. Then shows that I have completed. So uh, some of the classic ones, the the weekly uh, reality shows, Taskmaster, Drag Race UK and Great British Bake Off, all finished in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, enjoyed watching them and suddenly get some of my evenings back. That's what we were filling up with rather than the hour-long dramas. <laughs> yeah. But one that absolutely kept me hooked, one that we obsessed about was Squid Game The Challenge. Right. To a point that when the second half, so it wasn't even the second half, when the second lot dropped, we watched four hours in one night. <laughs> I got home from work, down came all my work stuff, cup of tea on the sofa, and we stayed there for four hours because it was so good. Like the way they are, they made it and how they use Squid Game as the source material. I mean, I'm really picking at straws. The only disappointing bit was the final episode oh. because there was less jeopardy when you had 456 people or 200 or 18 or 90 or six, there seemed to be more jeopardy because you had more characters, more personality. <laughs> but once you got to the final three and then the final two, it was like that was taken away from you a little bit. And we finished the last episode. We were like, oh, felt a bit disappointing. <laughs> but brilliant, brilliant show. And I know that made it into one of our lists, didn't it, Dave, at the very end? Because uh, it was released in November. Did it make it into the reality list? Yes, I think yes. it did make it into the reality list. It's actually, like spoilers for later on in the show, it has been renewed for a second season as well so yeah. it's clearly doing well enough for netflix so yeah. Uh, yeah um it's not one i've watched i haven't even watched squid game and uh obviously i mean the key difference between the drama and this is they're not killing people i'm assuming but are they well, not they're, they're, are they not dave <laughs> well, well they're doing this I, i'm assuming not anyway that would seem quite drastic but um yeah uh, i mean it's it's a really interesting idea when you've got you know a tv show that is based around this kind of warp twisted game 
game show that they then turned into a game show, which is slightly <laughs> less warped to twisted. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I like it. I'd definitely recommend it. And uh, then one I did finish in between all of that was Solar Opposites. You know, I'm a huge fan of Solar Opposites, yes. especially the wall episodes. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It took me about two episodes to even forget about the voice thing. And I just think that Dan Stevens has brought a really great character to yes. to him. And, and I, you know, it works for me. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next season already. And I'm like, this, this is probably my new favorite animation and it's done really well. And so, yeah, I was really happy with watching that and uh, bring on the next season. Yeah, I, same as you, after the first couple of episodes, completely forgot about the voice stuff as well. I have to say that the way that they've done it for these two shows, replacing Justin in both of them, it was the right call to do this for Solar Opposites because, you know, to say he's got a different voice, deal with it. And also for Rick and Morty, where they got impersonators essentially to do the voices, and they're doing a stunning job on that as well. Really, don't notice the difference. There's very little in it, so uh, I think they've they've covered their bases really, really well, and the shows can go on, which is great news. But I love Solar Opposites. It's it's, it's one of my favourite animations as well. It's been brilliant this season. Yeah, and then. I think this has also been a good thing for me. I've seen three films since I was last on. Well done. And thank you very much. I mean, it has been a very difficult year for getting out to see the cinema. One of my friends is trying to reinstate like a regular Tuesday visit. And I said that would really help because I've been a very bad film reviewer. Yes. Um, so in the last few weeks, I went to see the Marvels twice. I went to see Wish, Disney's Wish. And then literally yesterday, I went and saw Wonka. And you know what? None of them disappointed me. I thought the Marvels, again, hated by the media at the moment just because it hasn't taken as much money as all the others it's a really good story like it's a really strong story mm-hmm. it fits into the canon it has some great performances I mean Imam Vellani in particular is fantastic and her family from the Miss Marvel series come across to the film and they work really well and I think I, I started to figure out that the people who hate on these sort of programs really struggle with comedy they really struggle with the comedic elements they're fine with a little bit like in the Avengers, there are small puns, but <laughs> this one had a very comedy feel and it was feel good and they really didn't like it. And obviously there's the other thing, there's three women in the lead roles and I think I that would, had... Yeah, I do wonder whether there is a certain amount of sexism going on yeah. with it. But one of the things that has come through from every review I've seen is how they love Aman Villani in that role. And yeah. I, I mean, she was brilliant in the Miss Marvel TV series. Uh, I still haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for the home release at this point because I I just don't get out to the cinema at all but I am looking forward to it and it's a really interesting one that the critics have really gone after but the audience seem to really like for the people that have actually gone and seen it it's a really strange situation with that but uh, yeah I am looking forward to seeing that I've seen there's some some tweets going around which share like the Rotten Tomato statistics for Marvels and put it against some of the most renowned films of all time and this is got exactly the same and it's like why are you all hating on this like it's critically reviewed by audiences exactly the same as and they they, i can't remember which films it is some really you know regarded films that did really well the reason you're critically hating on is it hasn't made as much money as you want it to and it's Mm -hmm. led by three women but i would go and see it if you're an mcu fan if you like brie larson please go and see it you'll enjoy it i know a home release is coming soon and i think it will will absolutely thrive on home release Mm -hmm. um um, and it's better than Quantumania. It's better than um, Multitude of Madness or whatever, the, you know, the whole multiverse yeah, of madness, yeah. which obviously I still hate on from, from when it was released. <laughs> but no, it was a good film. The one I struggled with was Wish. It was good. It was a Disney, uh, their latest animation film, and it sort of feeds in the line of the princess films. Um, but what they've tried to do, they the story is trying to pay homage to the 100 years of Disney. And I think think sometimes they're so focused on trying to get all these references within like the main character has seven friends and their seven friends all have a feature of the dwarves for example right uh, there's one who sneezes and one who keeps falling asleep and you know and then there's the boy who wanted to fly and you see that's a reference to peter pan and there's just all these little tiny things they put in there that you know what they're trying to do and i think sometimes that takes away from 
how the story works. Uh, the clear storyline is when you wish upon a star, which obviously the icon for Disney is wishing upon a star. But I don't think it really worked as a storyline. But right. it's nice. It was fine. You know, it was appreciated when we saw it. It was a good round of applause for Disney doing this 100th animation film that would fall into the princess market. But yeah, there are some storyline flaws for me and that didn't work. And then Wonka. Oh, can't say enough good things about it. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, um, really, really impressed with Timothy Chalamet, Olivia Coleman. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> Tom Davis, hilarious. Uh, Matt Lucas, Matthew Bainton, Patterson Joseph. As soon as you open, like this isn't a spoiler. As soon as the film opens, Timothy Chalamet singing. And I just leaned over to my partner and went, I didn't realize it was a musical. And then obviously I suddenly started remembering it's supposed to be a compliment to the G. Wilder film. Yes, it which is. Which obviously was a musical. So then I was like, of course it's going to be a musical. Brilliant. I mean, I'm already looking to go and see it again. It's that good. And I think it will be, you know, loved by many and it's going to be a really good film. It's not going to be as big as Barbie, but it's going to be getting up there, in my opinion, in terms of its success and box office and, and sort of like the imprint that it might make. So uh, yeah. yeah, really, it's, really impressed. It feels like the right sort of time of year to release something like that as well. You yeah. know, because it's a family film film it picks up on the christmas market it, you know it seems like a really good time to do it i would think oh yeah. yeah this will still be riding high when things like aquaman come out i think there'll be i imagine press now wonka still beats aquaman after yeah. four weeks of release you know it's sort of, sort of that film it reminds me very much of when the greatest showman was released in christmas back in the day and it, and it just kept riding on this wave for for ages and i think this is going to pick up momentum over the christmas period as all the schools finish next weekend i think more people are going to go and see it word of mouth it's going to be someone's christmas cinema visit but it is really good i can't fault it in any way um i yeah i don't have a problem with it that's normally i've got some critic but you know, i really really enjoyed it it's uh definitely one of my top films for next year's list 2024 so yes. uh, yeah really impressive awesome. um so over to you and i know we're going to talk about doctor in a moment but uh, what else have you been doing dave we probably start with Doctor Who. Uh, first of all, quick mention, Geek Town Awards are still running. They're running until Boxing Day, so go and check out the Geek Town Awards at geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. If you want to give your opinions on some of the uh, things that have been out this year, you can go and fill out the form and you'll be entered into a prize draw. There's a big prize draw with lots and lots of prizes in it, big box of stuff. So go and check out the prize on there. Go and check out the form. It's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. So just wanted to push you towards that. But yeah, I mean, the big thing has been the 60th anniversary Doctor Who things this week. The last one came out and we are going to get spoilery with this. So if you haven't seen them, what are you doing? I mean, they're, they're out from being out for a while. So uh, there are going to be spoilers in this chat just to warn you now. He, of course, regenerates in this or bigenerates in this, which is a completely new thing. That has had a sort of mixed reaction across the uh, mm -hmm. The Doctor Who fandom, um, Shooty first showing up has been really, really good. I mean, I've loved all the three episodes so far. I think they've all been very different and they've all done wonderful different things. You have very much a sort of two-hander with Wild Blue Yonder. Last time, pretty much the entire thing is David Tennant and Catherine Tate. This one, of course, is much bigger thing. You've got Unit involved, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, is back and how can you not mention the fact that there is Neil Patrick Harris there as the toy maker and he's just outstanding mm. in that I mean seeing dancing menacing evil but sort of adorable as well I mean just an incredible piece of casting and a wonderful wonderful role I mean Neil Patrick Harris is one of those people that you put in something and it generally makes it better he was just brilliant David Tennant and Catherine Tate were superb. I like how they came to the conclusion of the 14th Doctor. I thought that was a really interesting way of Russell T. Davis marking Shooty's 15th Doctor as a new start and getting rid of a lot of the baggage of the previous Doctor by splitting them off and having all the trauma that he's gone through since being
being William Hartnell, basically, uh, since the Doctor number one to Doctor 14. He's been worked on by Doctor number 14, and the idea being Doctor 15 has come through all that and is a much freer and more open character. I really rather like that idea, and Shooty is going to be brilliant, I think. It was a beautiful opening for him, turning up in his pants and saving the day. (laughs) It's just, it's great. And it also leaves it in a situation where you can potentially do a few more specials with David Tennant and have him pop in if you want him to for little bits and pieces moving forward. What were your thoughts before I go? Well, I had taken a rest on Doctor Who. I'd watched a bit of Jodie season after not wanting to watch Peter Capaldi season. And then it just drifted off for me, ran out of time. And so I was really keen to get back into it. And I felt this was the right jump because I really do love David Tennant. And I just thought it was done really well. And you can see the money that has been put into this, which is really good. But then like to do an episode like Wobbly Yonder, it just shows how Russell's not afraid to just give them a two-hander. And it's not about the big guests. And I know he's been running most of his promo about the big names that are coming and appearing. And obviously, we saw a lot of them in the giggle with Neil Patrick Harris and Bonnie Langford and Gemma Redgrave. They're all in there. But while Blue Yonder for me was just a fantastic episode, it got both of them to really show their acting chops. I think <laughs> a lot of people underestimate Catherine Tate sometimes as well. Yeah. But some of it was brilliant and the playing against each other. And they're not the best graphics in the world. They're not your Marvel movie or your big universal movie, but they were really good. Like, you know, my arms are too long and the jaw and the chase. I, I thought, actually, this is a really, really good production. I really enjoyed it. And, and then what I like to do is I like to sit back and I, I like to scroll on the social media and just look at all the weird haters who jump on there and they say the most bizarre things and it's just like what benefit do you get if you don't like it switch it off yes you know that's all i want to say like if you don't like it switch it off what is the point in going online just to say how much you hate something which brings no value to anybody it just you know i i'm really really pleased i've gone back to watching it i thought shooty was fantastic and that's how brave russell is to launch a doctor like that he knows he's going to get some haters but he also knows he's going to get a lot of people who want to see that breath of fresh air that different approach and actually just listening to you then Dave if he took on the trauma of the last 14 doctors and for us modern viewers the last five doctors it would be a you know he'd have to be carrying that and I think this does give Russell a real chance to bring life to Shooty so he's not always feeling sad about Rose sort of thing or feeling sad about River Song and it just gives him a chance to really stretch that character and there's lots of talk now about spin-offs and there is there going to be a unit spin-off and that could work and and we've already seen the storylines that Yasmin Finney is going to return in some capacity so is that just her on her own or will Catherine Tate appear as mum again and I just love where it's going to go and I love that he's keeping them guessing and good on him he's an absolutely fantastic showrunner the right person for the job and I listened to an interview with him not long ago where he was just sort of saying you know some people would always go on and never go back and I think I shocked everyone when I said I want to go back because it's just a place that I love and a place where you know I knew Disney Plus was going to be giving us this platform and I'm glad he's done it and he's you know been right where he needs to be for the 60th anniversary and beyond so yes brilliant yeah there was another interesting little thing which uh, if you didn't realise you can go onto the iPlayer and they do commentary you know like you used to get on DVDs with films where you get a director commentary they apparently do that on some of the iPlayer episodes as well and if you go and listen to those when it came to talk Talking about the bi-generation situation, Russell seems to be implying that that filters through the timeline. So every time the Doctor is regenerated, he's now bi-generated, which means that potentially that gives him access to every single version of the Doctor, but in a slightly older version. Oh, so this could lead to the Paul McGann thing? Yes. 
So it could lead to him bringing older doctors back in and there being a reason for them being older. So it could potentially lead to the Paul McGann series that we've been talking about. I mean, they've not agreed that yet. That was always been a rumour. Paul himself says that it isn't true, but he's on a panel at Comic Con and as Peter Davison said, yes, but even if it was true, you'd have to say it wasn't. So uh, that doesn't really get you anywhere. There is a world of possibilities that that sort of opens up. And Chris Chibnall, for all his faults, I think one of the things that he did do was he started to massively monkey around with the mythology of Doctor Who. And I think because he did that, it sort of gave Russell a bit more freedom to be able to nudge things more than maybe he would have felt comfortable doing the first time around. You know, Mm. um, so something like the bi-generation, I think, came out of the fact that the timeless child thing that Chris Chibnall did and was not particularly liked by people, but it gave a certain amount of freedom, I think, to Russell to be able to do things that maybe he wouldn't have done before. I really like what they're doing with it. I think Shooty's going to be interesting. Yes, it's going to be very different, but I think it's still going to feel like Doctor Who. And I'm very intrigued to see where they go and what he's got in store. The other great thing, of course, is they are rushing through seasons. They're not waiting with big gaps in between like they used to. And he shot his first season. They're going straight into shooting his second season. So going to be a lot more Doctor Who stuff to come. They've used this to set up a potential unit spin-off, which they've been talking about as well. Although, I mean, technically, I don't think they've officially confirmed that, but it's right there. So, you know, I, I, I think, I mean, where we left it was the probability of Donna being part of that. And it means you've also potentially can rope Tennant in on and off. You've also got Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. You've got the other characters in there and you've got Bonnie Langford in there as well. So there's a lot that you can play with with that, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, bringing in old companions, maybe other doctors along the way. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do with this and it's going to be a really interesting new universe for Doctor Who or Hooniverse, as they say. So, uh, yes. So I'm really looking forward to what they do with that. Moving on to a couple of other things. I'm still working my way through Mayor of Kingstown, which is the Jeremy Renner series on Paramount+. Plus. Very much enjoying that. I'm one episode from the end of the second season, but that's been really solid. It's a good, interesting, gritty drama. Have you got Paramount Plus these days? Uh, I've got it back. Um, We are going to be watching Frasier over Christmas, so I literally got it back a couple of weeks ago. I haven't got Apple Plus back yet. I know I was going to for slow horses, but I'm actually going to wait until I finish because the whole school has been mad. So as soon as I've broken up from term, get an Apple Plus back so I can watch that as well. But I've got it back temporarily. So anything good on Paramount Plus you think I could watch over Christmas, then I will try and squeeze it in. Yeah, Mary Kingstown, very dark, sort of gritty drama. It does have elements of humour in it as well, though. Um, said before, a little bit Ray Donovan in places because the character, that the mayor of Kingstown, which is Jeremy Renner's character, isn't actually a mayor. He is essentially the fixer for Kingstown, which is a place which is built around seven prisons that are in that particular area. And he is the liaison between the prisoners and the authorities and the prison guards to basically try and keep a delicate balance of things being okay in the prison. So they let some things slide and certain amount of drugs get through and that sort of stuff. But it keeps the balance between things going south inside the prison and things going south outside where the criminal gangs are as well. So it's a really interesting setup that they've got for it. And he's basically just trying to sort of walk this line between the two of them. It's so well put together. There's a lot of action in it. There's some really brutal scenes in places as well, but well, well worth checking out if you've not checked that out and you've got Paramount Plus. It's one of those things that, you know, I now things are slowing down. I started to sort of pick up things that looked interesting, but I hadn't had a chance to watch earlier in the year. So that is certainly one that I would recommend. Vigil also returned on the BBC. That is the drama that was set on a submarine for the first season. It's got Saran Jones and Rose Leslie in the two lead roles as um, two police detectives. And they're once again investing something that has gone wrong in an army base. It's actually the Air Force in, in the second season, and it's to do with a mishap with drones. They're testing a new drones program. Obviously, something goes wrong, and the police get called in to investigate what happened. 
And that's sort of where we start it. You've got do Grace Scott in this as well, who you'll know from a variety of different things. Batwoman, I think, was probably the last thing people probably saw him in. But, you know, Crime, <laughs> the ITV drama as well. Yeah. Uh, he's been in that. He is playing the commander of the base where this thing goes wrong. He's playing a character who, uh, you know, seemingly on the surface is trying to help, but you, you do wonder when it comes to Do Grace Scott whether he's slightly playing both sides. It's six episodes in total. So uh, worth going to check out if you've uh, not go and checked out Vigil. Did you see the first season of that? Because it was really good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the first season. Um, it's just timing for me because I knew it was coming out. And in my head, I had that it was coming out like Christmas week. So I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll be off school by the time that comes out. And then yeah. I saw the trailers for it this weekend. And I was like, no, I'm going to miss the first two episodes because I just haven't got the capacity of my brain at the moment <laughs> to take it on. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's one that I will really look forward to watching when when I finally get the time. So. Yeah, and it will be out probably by the time you or at least most of it will be by the time you actually get to it and there are only six episodes because you know it's a bbc that sort of drama so uh, yeah but worth going to check definitely i think season two is as solid as season one was there was uh unfortunately you happen to be on and uh, i need to talk about this but it was the game well, awards wait, this week <laughs> Dave, i have something to say about one of these bullet points but carry on i go will on. In, i'll in, give you this information in a minute carry on because obviously for those of you that regularly listen to the show you know that Grey is not really a gamer at all but it was the Game Awards this week and there were a few announcements that came out of that the big one that dropped just before the Game Awards was of course the GTA 6 trailer which somebody leaked a day early and they then went oh well we'll we'll just put it up a day early so they just put the official trailer out it pretty much confirmed everything that we kind of already knew which is there are two protagonists they're male and female they're a sort of Bonnie and Clyde set up we see them sort of robbing banks and stores and stuff it's set in Vice City, which is basically Miami. It actually takes off a lot of real world Florida incidents. I mean, you know, the sort of Florida man kind of thing. There are a lot of that sort of things. There was a comment that I saw on Reddit, which was somebody saying, so wait, is GTA 6 a simulation of Florida or is Florida a simulation of GTA? <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. The trailers got like scenes, which you may have seen on viral videos, which is like, you know, the, an alligator getting pulled out of a pool or wandering into a store or a man painting his house naked or a woman twerking on top of a car. Yeah, all of those things are pulled from actual videos which took place in Florida. So it's really interesting what they did with the trailer for that was actually pulling kind of real events. It looks fantastic. It's GTA. It's coming in 2025, which upset a few people. But I mean, I don't know what they expected because, you know, they're going to hype the crap out of this for a year, obviously. So 2025 is when it's going to land. I'm looking forward to that. I've been it's it's been a long time coming but it looks brilliant yeah and and this is where i i saw this trailer and (laughs) i was because obviously being a teacher we have to study certain elements of like gaming and, and online so i was prepping for a lesson and looking at some video game stuff and i saw this trailer and i, I generally had a moment of like what what am i watching like, <laughs> and I, I saw them then put side by side the trailer to some of the memes or the original videos and yeah. like the comparison and then i was like which one's the simulation and i was just like <laughs> and then when i saw the notes earlier today i was like Dave's going to be really impressed with me because I could input on video games uh, but it's a culturally aware moment that some of my students will even be talking about so yes it looks great and it's certainly something that if you're teaching media it's something that you need to be across so that was really good the Game Awards itself pretty much Baldur's Gate swept across the Game Awards Baldur's Gate 3 which I am now actually playing I'm really really enjoying it it is so detailed and densely packed and there is an amazing amount of stuff in that RPG it's incredible deserves all the awards it's been getting uh, Neil Newborn also picked up an award for best performance of Asterion in that game as well and he is brilliant and he's a lovely lovely guy as well I was so happy that he picked that up there was an announcement for a new game which I don't think anybody really expected which is from Hello Games who are the people behind No Man's Sky No Man's Sky for those of you that don't massively keep up on video games was notorious when it launched because 
because it was so overhyped as it was a procedurally generated universe. It was going to have billions of planets. You could visit lots of them. They were going to be full of life and like interesting creatures. And there'd be loads of stuff you could do where you could basically discover planets that have never been discovered before and all this sort of stuff. And it was nowhere near as good as it was supposed to be when it launched. To Hello Games credit, they spent the next 10 years giving free updates for that game and is now one of the best exploration space exploration games on the market it's really 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 good and they've announced a new game called light no fire and it's sort of taking some of the same concept of open world but it is one world in this case the size of earth but everybody is playing on it and everywhere is accessible so if you stood somewhere and you see a mountain you can climb to the top of that mountain there are no invisible barriers you should be able to get wherever your character can climb to it is a proper open world everybody is playing on the same world it's survival building adventuring exploration there are supposed to be rpg elements in it as well which was one thing that no man's sky does rather lack is kind of the story side of things so we'll see how much of that is sort of in there uh, there are flying dragons there's a fantasy world this time around rather than a space game it really looks like it could be a, a very very interesting game it's been hilarious watching Sean Murray who is the boss of Hello Games who was the one that was sort of responsible for the overhype of it react to people's comments about it because obviously it's their second game after the hype of the first one there's a lot of people going just please don't over promise and under deliver and like Sean like i'm going to make the earth <laughs> you know <laughs> so he has been having fun with that he is acutely aware of what happened with the first game so i think i hope that they are very aware that when light no fire comes out it's going to be in a much better state than no man's sky was when they first released that but i don't think they've actually given a release date for it yet but you can go and wishlist it on steam right now but i have a lot of love for hello games for how they've treated the community how they've responded to things how they've turned things around so dramatically with no man's sky they're a really wonderful uk-based company and i'm behind them on getting light no fire working and up and running and uh, i i'm really interested to see what they they do with that game so uh, we'll have to wait and see whether it does over promise and deliver i hope it doesn't i hope it's really awesome but we'll wait and see with that so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So we kick off the TV and film news with the Renault's cancellations and pickups. And we do have a number of cancellations again this week. Cruel Summer, which ran on Prime Video over here, that's been cancelled after two seasons. That was a sort of teen anthology thriller series. So although it is cancelled after two seasons, the two seasons were self-contained stories with each season. So it's not left on a cliffhanger or anything. So at least that does still exist as a thing. And uh, the other one was Good Trouble, which is on Disney+. And I think it went out on the BBC as well, or some of it did. They're ending it after five seasons. They are still filming or just finished filming the second half of the, the fifth season. And they've been allowed to go back and film some additional scenes to supersize the last couple of episodes and give it a proper ending. So although that is technically a cancellation, they are being given a chance to end it after five seasons, which is good because that was a spin-off from the Fosters I think so it's sort of the end of quite a long era so I, I'm glad that they allowed them to go back and end that properly they both aired on Freeform in the US Bob Odenkirk's series has been cancelled after one season by AMC that was called Lucky Hank reviews were very mixed about that but you know I mean after something like Better Call Saul it, it's very difficult to sort of it's like a difficult second album I think that you know you're coming <laughs> off Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul and you know this was his next project it, it just didn't land particularly well I don't think 
And the big cancellation is Station 19, the (laughs) spin-off from Grey's Anatomy, cancelled after seven seasons on ABC. So it's going to end with the upcoming seventh season. So that will get a proper ending as well. Bit of a surprise with this, because it is the second highest rated show on ABC. They've not given a reason for why they're cancelling it. The only thing I can think of is the cast contracts are probably up because usually they sign for seven seasons on network shows. So there is a fair chance that that cast contract is probably coming to an end, which means that the wage bill for season eight would be a lot higher. And maybe they just don't think it's worth it. They've also just taken on 911, which was cancelled by Fox and then moved back because it was a Disney-made production, but aired on Fox. And they've now taken that back because Fox found it too expensive. So Mm. there's two firefighter dramas and maybe they've just decided this one is a better option. You know, 911 is a better option, which I've never watched Station Station 19, so I don't know. Well, I've watched Station 19, and it's okay. It has a bit of a problem where the storylines are very samey. They just go on the same circuit of storylines, and very much like Grey's Anatomy, it has an overarching voiceover who is all moral, and you know, there's always a moral story to the the arc of the storyline. And I sort of started to think there's no not many places they can go because the storylines have been covered either in Grey's or in this, and I could quite believe that a glut of the characters get kept on within the Grey's Anatomy world there is a possibility like one doctor is permanently in station 19 yet she was started in Grey's and one of the firefighters is a husband to one of the doctors as well so I can see some of the actors potentially being kept on in a different capacity back to Grey's Anatomy I'm not sure that could be another reason yeah Yeah. I mean that may be a way of doing it the other thing is I think the overall deal with Shondaland because Shonda Rhimes who owns Shondaland who make these shows I think was based at Disney and I think moved to Netflix if I remember for overall deal so maybe that has something to do with it as well whether I don't know it's very difficult to tell at this point because it is an odd decision given how popular that show is I don't know what the reasoning is but that is going which is a shame it will be back for the final season next year on Disney Plus in the UK and ABC in the US. So there's that. Um, But renewals, we have had quite a few renewals this week as well, which is great. Last week tonight with John Oliver, renewed for three more seasons. Uh, It's got a deal that now runs through to 2026, which is awesome because I love that show. It is one of the best of those political kind of commentary shows. It's very, very funny. If you've not caught that, uh, he does some wonderful sort of in-depth pieces which cover very serious issues, but does it in a humorous way so that is coming back my life is murder renewed for season four on acorn tv although i think most people will probably watch it on alibi in the uk that will be coming back for a new season itv has ordered a second season of the medical thriller malpractice did you watch any of i did that? watch this one yes i think they might do it through the angle of the people that investigate malpractice yes it's still like a line of duty for the medical world that's why i think and it, i they put a picture I don't know if it was just because it was a picture from the first season of the two people that investigated her um, for malpractice. And I wonder if that's the angle that she may be taken on to investigate a different hospital with them. You are quite right. It it is. um, It's the two investigators coming back. It will not be the lead of the first season. So they are going down that route of following the investigators rather than following the uh, person that's sort of the guest lead, which, yeah, like you say, it's basically what they did with Line of Duty. I think that's quite an interesting way of doing it. As good as she was, you know, that is a, difficult to bring those people back every single time if you're investigating yeah. malpractice cases. Harlem, which was a comedy following four best girlfriends in Harlem, New York City. That's a prime video series that's been renewed for a third season. Twisted Metal, which we still haven't had over here. That's the Anthony Mackie series based on the video game. Uh, it's a sort of a comedy action series. That's coming back for a second season at Peacock. Squid Game, the challenges I mentioned 
mentioned earlier, that's been renewed for a second season at Netflix. Foundation has been renewed for a third season at Apple TV, which I'm very, very happy about because uh, that's a big, expensive production and it does make you slightly worried when it's costing that sort of money whether they are going to renew it. But it's a fantastic show. So uh, I'm really glad that they're redoing that back. And uh, they also announced Leverage Redemption has been renewed for a third season. Leverage Redemption was a spin-off from the original Leverage. It's been airing for the first couple of seasons on Freeview, but they're moving it to Prime Video for the new season. They've done a couple of things like with, there's a spin-off coming to the Bosch Legacy series, but that's going to be on Prime Video. So it's odd that they're sort of splitting them across services for reasons. Um, I mean, I'm assuming it's to try and get people hooked on one thing and then get a prime subscription for the for the spin-off things i've you know get them hooked on shows and then move them across maybe i don't know but um i never really watched leverage it's one of those that's on my long list of things that i need to go and check because everybody said it was really good and i've not watched redemption because obviously that's a follow-on series so worth keeping no on. not not come onto my list either and i don't know it just felt like one of those spin-offs that was only going to be a one sort of season thing so that's why i never really paid any attention to it and i haven't done, i don't think i've watched too many things on the free v service i think i watched like every episode of Neighbours when that came back and that's about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it's one of those services that I mean it is there it's free for everybody and I just completely forget about it there's lots of other stuff out there uh, I think the whole of Leverage is up there as well as the first two seasons of Leverage Redemption so uh, there's, it's worth going to check out if you've not got uh, subscriptions to other things particularly I mean it is, all you need is an Amazon account for freebie you don't need a paid Amazon account you just need to register on on the Amazon website. So if you've ever bought something off of Amazon, you've probably got an Amazon account and you can go and use Freebie on there for free entirely. It's ad supported, obviously, but you can still go and watch stuff on there. And uh, there's lots of old TV shows and they've got bits and pieces of original content. So worth going to check out that. In pickups and other news, there is a new psychological thriller which is coming to Apple TV globally. They've announced a premiere date for that, which is the 21st of February, which is a Wednesday, 2024. It's an interesting sounding one because it's sort of space adjacent. So people in spacesuits in the pictures and stuff that they've released. However, the setup for it is Nomi Rapace, who was in Jack Ryan Django, plays Joe, who is an astronaut who returns to Earth after a disaster in space, only to discover that key pieces of her life seem to be missing. Described as an action-packed space adventure is an exploration of dark edges of human psychology and one woman's desperate quest to expose the truth about the hidden history of space travel and recover all she has lost. So that's the setup for it. So although the space stuff is in there, it's not like spaceship shooty-shooty sort of thing. It is very much a sort of mystery thing. So it sounds kind of interesting. Jonathan Banks, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is also in there James Darcy is also in there from uh, Agent Carter you'll probably know from he was in Oppenheimer race recently as well Julian Lumen from Emily in Paris and the Mallorca Files William Caitlett from W No Barbara Suqua from Voyager and Hannah Artet it's created by Peter Harkness, who wrote for Wolanda and War of the Worlds and has written on Doctor Who as well. So, you know, notes a thing or two about space stuff. They've really gone all out on the directors. Michelle McLaren, who did Shining Girls Morning Show, Breaking Bad. Oscar nominee Oliver Heisbergel, who worked on Downfall and The Experiment. And Oscar nominee Joseph Cedar, who worked on Footnotes and Our Boys. So, you know, the directors are top-notch. Decent writer behind it. Good cast. Cool concept. 21st of February on Apple TV Plus. Any interest in that one? Possibly. I, I seem to remember being on the show where you may have talked about this being picked up. I don't know why. I, I just remember a, a Numi Rapace sort of project that was coming up and we've talked, I feel like I've talked about it before. Um, we may have done, yeah. Sounds quite interesting. A lot of money being thrown at it as well. So good old Apple still using their money well, but it doesn't begin with S, which is very odd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe they, maybe they it's like QI and they have to go through a different letter of the alphabet. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
yes. So uh, yes, it's a C series. So we'll 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 see what happens with that, lads. But that looks like it could be quite good. There's also been a premiere date announced on Paramount Plus for the Sexy B series, which seems to have been like kicking around for years. Because I think when they first announced Paramount Plus, that was one of the things that they announced for it. Thursday, the 25th of January. It's a prequel series based on the Sexy Beast movie. Obviously, different cast in this because they're all much younger. Paramount Plus, 25th of January for that. So if you like the film, that might be one to go and check out. And Traitors Season 2 has been given a premiere date. (laughs) I knew you were happy about that. Uh, 3rd of January, which is a Wednesday on BBC One and iPlayer. The second and third episodes will be available on iPlayer immediately after the show airs, apparently. So three episodes going up together. It will air on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. So Mm. you'll be able to... Do you know the frustrating thing, Dave? Do you know the really frustrating thing? Go on. I've booked theatre tickets that night. (laughs) I probably very rarely... We go to the theatre two or three times a year and I booked there from my birthday that I had earlier this year and I booked them for that night because it's the first day back at work so I know I won't have much to do in the evening. I thought, what possibly could happen if I booked the 3rd of January? (laughs) And then when I saw this post, I... Uh, we were like, we're going to watch it on the train on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. So what are you going to see? What show have you booked for? Uh, we're going to see Operation Mincemeat, uh, which has been right, yes. talked about a lot. And uh, yes, I, I booked tickets for that. Awesome. Oh, that'll be good. Yes, yeah. definitely. If you want to check out Traitors, 3rd of January, that returns on BBC One and iPlayer. There was a new show picked up with BBC as well. It's actually been made by PBS Masterpiece, who pick up quite a lot of BBC and ITV dramas. They sort of run quite a lot of the British stuff on PBS Masterpiece over there. But this is actually one that I think they commissioned and then the BBC have picked up here. It is a very British show. It's called Miss Austin. It stars Keely Hawes and Rose Leslie in leading roles for it. It takes a literary mystery, Cassandra Austin notoriously burning her famous sister Jane's letters and reimagines it as a fascinating, witty, heartbreaking story of sisterly love while creating in Cassandra a character as captivating as an Austin heroine. So it's not a proper historical thing. It's a drama based around the sort of idea of it. But Keely Hawes as Cassandra. Rose Leslie is playing her young friend Isabella, who is about to lose her home following her father's death. Cassandra is ostensibly there to help her friend, but her real motive is to find a stash of private letters which, in the wrong hands, could destroy Jane's reputation. On discovering them, Cassandra is overwhelmed and she is transported back to her youth. So then there's a flashback which we meet the young Cassie and Jane. Jane is played by Patsy Ferran from Jamestown and Black Narcissus as they navigate the infatuations, family foods and dashed hopes which shaped their lives and laid the foundation for Jane's unforgettable stories. Sort of told in a couple of different parts. There's a great cast around it. You've got Max Irons in there from Condor and The Wife. You've got Miriam Mack from The Witch of Blood Orange and Jessica Hines is in there from Years and Years and Life After Life. Phyllis Logan from Downton Abbey and Shetland. Kevin McNally from The Crown and 10%. Alfred Enoch, who you'll know from How to Get Away with Murder, he was also in Foundation. Liv Hill from Serpent Queen and Elizabeth is Missing. Uh, Callum Lynch from Archie and Bridgerton. It's a four-part drama. It's directed by BAFTA-winning filmmaker Aisley Walsh, who worked on Maudie and Elizabeth is Missing. Started filming last month, so it's going to be later next year before it actually lands. Produced by the uh, same people behind Gentleman Jack and Renegade Nell as well. Um, so uh, it sounds like it could be quite a good one. Keely Hawes and Rose Leslie are always great. So yes, could be one to look out for that. I think when you hear Keely Hawes, you kind of get this impression that she'd do a good like Austin style drama. She'd be good in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could see that happening and being quite good. Yeah, certainly one that I think fits the cast quite well. Um, yeah. There's a couple of the networks have also announced some of the stuff that they've got upcoming in 2024. So things to look out for. Disney Plus, there was one particular show which found quite interesting called Death and Other Details, which stars Violet Beanie, who you might know from, she was in the Arrowverse. I think she was in The Flash. Well, she wasn't Nora, was she? No, no. she was uh, Jessie Quick, Jessie Wells, Jessie Quick ah. uh, in that. So that that was probably the thing that a lot of the UK audience will know her for. But uh, she plays Imogen Scott, who becomes 
becomes the prime suspect in a locked room murder mystery to prove her innocence must partner with a man she despises Rufus Coltsweld played by Mandy Patinkin who you'll know from a million different things but um, fantastic actor who is playing the world's greatest detective so sounds like it might have elements of sort of a Sherlock Holmes kind of knives out kind of vibe to it I think maybe but um, yeah looks like it's going to be quite good I love Mandy Patinkin and I think Violet Vini's great so uh, I, I think that, that sounds like it could be quite interesting I'm not sure I, I, I did like Mandy Patinkin he was in Homeland wasn't he yes um, could be interesting I'm not going to commit too heavily to it but um, there's, <laughs> you know Murder at the End of the World is currently on very slow watch for me as well so is it too similar but anyway yeah no it, it sounds like a really interesting one and I do remember Violet Bean I just misplaced her in terms of characters I think she was on one of the earlier decent seasons of The Flash so. yes yes she was it feels like it might have a slightly more sort of dark comedy element to it I could be wrong about that but I, I feel that's more the sort of area that it's going for there is uh, Renegade Now which we've spoken about a few times which is the new show from Sally Wainwright who is of course behind Gentleman Jack and Happy Valley stars Louisa Harland from Derry Girls premiering spring 2024 frame for murder on the run from her sisters Nell Jackson turns her hand to highway robbery to survive so it's about a female highway woman basically that looks like it's going to be quite good fun and I mean it's Sally Wainwright so that alone means it's probably worth a look definitely so I love Sally's work she's always good with whatever she puts in so yeah there's a second season of Extraordinary Landing as well which is an amazing series if you've not seen it that's the one about the uh, superheroes everybody's a superhero except for the one girl who's the lead character it's really funny and very much has that sort of e4 when e4 was good comedy vibe to it um (laughs) The first season of that has been picked up by ITV as well. So they are going to be airing the first season on ITVX and the second season's coming in early 2024 on Disney Plus. So you can go and check that out there. The Shogun, which is another one that's been talked around for ages, that's got a date now, 27th of February, set in feudal Japan in the year 1600 at the dawn of the century, defining civil war. And there's also uh, Feud, the new season of that, which is called Capote versus the Swans, which is the Ryan Murphy series set in high society in New York. So uh, there's those two coming. Haven't got a date for Fuge yet, although I think it's got a US date, which is February, I think. So it'll probably be around then. There's a couple of Marvel series. You've got Echo coming on 10th of January, Agatha Dark Old Diaries, which I think we're all looking forward to, a late 2024 for that. That's had about four different names now on that show. <laughs> Everybody's looking forward to Catherine Han coming back and chewing up scenery, I think, for that show. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, we've got X-Men 97 which I again haven't got a date for that but 2024 at some point for that The Acolyte and Skeleton Crew which are the two Star Wars series that they have said are coming next year Acolyte being set in the High Republic which is an era that we haven't seen before so I think that could be a really interesting one and Skeleton Crew which is the one that stars Jude Lauder and a bunch of kids it's got a sort of Goonies sort of does Star Wars kind of vibe to it by the sounds of it but uh, that's coming in 2024 no exact dates for either of those yet interestingly no mention of a new series of The Mandalorian in any of the press releases so whether that's maybe skipping next year we don't know but those were the only two Star Wars series they mentioned interesting bunch of stuff though Mm. I think coming to Disney Plus yeah I'm definitely excited for X-Men 97 I'm currently on season 5 of the original and really interestingly when they put it out on TV it was in a very different order to how it's now being put on Disney Plus this is geekery extreme so I've been doing some reading about the original intended order of the cartoon and how they've played it on Disney Plus is very different and so (laughs) yeah I'm trying to watch it the order Disney Plus say but it doesn't match what it says in like the comic book canon about how it happens and then you start realising that oh yeah why are Scott and Jean getting married in that episode there was no talk of it in the previous episode right really good i'm really excited i'm such a geek when it comes to the cartoon side <laughs> x-men i'm like yes i can't wait but no that, that i'm gonna very excited for that yes that looks like it's gonna be really good um itv also had had some of their stuff we've got few coming in december winter king which we've talked about before but that's the arthurian legend show it's based on a series of, of books so it's a sort of different twist on the arthurian legend but uh in the cast uh, 
in that from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Eddie Marsden playing Uther, so in playing Arthur in that. But it looks like a sort of good, gritty take on the Arthur mythology, which I think could be quite interesting. But for 21st of December for that on ITVX. Vera has a special coming on the 26th, <laughs> so that will be Boxing Day sorted for you. Um, yeah. That's going to be followed by season 13 in early 2024. Season 13 will have David Leon back as Joe Ashworth. That's the big change for season 13. So because uh, he was in the first what four seasons or something wasn't he first couple I'm of gutted seasons. that they've lost the current guy like he was really good he'd been in it for so many years but yeah he must have just decided to move on or they didn't renew his contract and uh but yeah like every so often she loses some of her helpers and i don't know how it happens but that it wasn't a big storyline he was just in the last episode and he's not going to be in the next one uh whereas an uh, actress like kush jumbo when she was one of the sidekicks she got a big storyline for her exit well that may come up in the special because <gasps> i don't think David Leon actually returns until season 13. So that December 26th special, his final episode. So there is a sort of big exit for him in that episode. So we'll see you <laughs> that. There is uh, 4th of January. There's a really interesting drama which uh, has Toby Jones in it, which is never a bad thing because Toby Jones is brilliant, called Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, which is a fascinating story. It's a four-part drama about one of the greatest miscarriages of justice in British legal history. Basically, a bunch of postmasters and postmistresses were wrongly accused of theft and fraud due to a defect in the IT system, and it took years for them to clear their names. It was something I was completely unaware of until sort of they started getting settlements. Only fairly recently that's sort of been talked about. But it's a really interesting story, and that's coming on the 4th of January to ITV and ITVX. Could be one to check out, and Toby Jones is the lead in that, and Toby Jones is amazing, so go and check that one out, called Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. There was an interesting one, which we have mentioned a while back, called Gwed, which is coming to ITVX on the 8th of February. That's set in Liverpool, filmed entirely on location. It's a new young cast, so no names that you'll know. There are a few established actors in there, but mainly the main cast is is young people that you won't know. And uh, very much using Liverpool's distinctive voice and sort of delving into the working class culture up there. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it has a lot of interesting potential, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. But 8th of February for that. It's called Gwed, that one. (laughs) Extraordinary Season 1, as I mentioned, 15th of February for that. That's landing on ITVX, which might give you some idea of of when the second season's going to drop because you would think they'll probably do that at the same sort of time. Trigger Point is back for a second season. Vicky McClure back as the Bond disposal expert. That's coming early. I think January they have confirmed for the second season of that. Really, really good. It's really shocking as well, some of the storylines in that. So yeah, really good. Worth checking that out, but that's back for a second season in January. Grantchester finally lands its eighth season over here. There was an oddity given that PBS in the US aired this in July because PBS are now the primary funder for it, I think. So they get it first and it's taken until now for ITV to actually air it over here. But uh, I think it's Tom Brittany's final season, this one. He's also losing his sidekick again. Robson Green and Tom Brittany back. Ecclesiastical crime solving, once again. (laughs) uh, uh, Yes, I know how much love that series has but uh, going to be some point in early 2024 for that one don't know exactly when yet there's also some interesting sort of entertainment shows coming you've got uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back for a new season with Jeremy Clarkson that's back 1% Club with Lee Mack returns Beat the Chasers is back with Bradley Walsh Anton Dex Limitless Win is also back and the final season of Takeaway Show as well I think well I say final season they're resting it for a, a while Saturday Night Takeaway is going to be sort of back and then it will go on hiatus for a few years you've also got a couple of new shows or rather new old shows wheel of fortune hosted by graham norton and on new year's day jeopardy starts hosted by stephen fry the national treasure that is stephen fry jeopardy i will certainly check out because that hasn't been around for a very long time over here i'm less bothered about wheel of fortune but jeopardy i think could be quite fun and uh, i think stephen fry's the perfect person to host that over here the interesting story of how he got that gig basically sort of was talking to his American agent he was having dinner with him and basically 
basically said, you know what? We don't really go out much when we're in America. He was filming um, the morning show. Yeah, me and my partner, we don't really go out very much. You know, we just stay in and watch Jeopardy. And Jeopardy's a wonderful show. wonder if there's ever been a UK version of that. Two weeks later, he gets a phone call from his American agent going, uh, they're really excited about you hosting a UK version of Jeopardy. And he's like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, I mean, that agent is earning his money. Absolutely. Because he clearly gone to them afterwards and gone, hey, how do you feel about? So um, that's basically how it happened. They, they brought it, I think, to ITV saying, do you want Jeopardy with Stephen Fry as host? So um, yeah, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that lands over here. But uh, that is coming New Year's Day. So something to do when you're nursing a hangover. That would be quite good. <laughs> yeah, anything in there that sort of jumps? Loads in there. I, I, I want to see Trigger Point. Um, uh, and I love the 1% Club. It's one of those game shows which I think is really hit a niche because I'm really good at those lateral thinking type questions. And I will obviously watch Anton Deck's Limitless win and their Saturday Night Takeaway. I haven't watched I'm a Celebrity this year. I sort of disagree with one of the contestants in there. I'm not going to give him airtime, but yep. um, I'll be looking forward to seeing them back with their two shows that I really enjoy. And it probably is right to rest Takeaway. You know, it's doing really well, but you can only do so much of a good thing before it needs it rest and uh, give them other things that they can go off and do. So Yeah, they have got multiple shows on the go and uh, give it a little bit of rest. They have rested it before and brought it back. So it's not going away permanently. They've said it's just they want to put it on hiatus for a little bit while they do other stuff. That's all the news we've got for this week. We've uh, just got, well, one solitary highlight for next week on TV. So uh, the highlights for next week on TV, <laughs> the really, I mean, you know, we're just into December and it's one of those things. There is, of course, a lot of Christmas things coming around over the next few weeks. But in terms of new shows, Reacher season two lands on the 15th of December based on the Lee Childs novels. It was really good that first season. I'm really interested to see what they do with the second season because obviously he's really the only thing that carries over from one season to the next. Really looking forward to that coming back. Did you watch the first season? No, I didn't. This is definitely not my thing. And even when I saw the only highlight of the week, I'll be like, oh, give me time to catch up on all those Christmassy things that are coming through. So, uh, yeah, not a fan, I'm afraid. Interesting. I, it's really, really good, that show. I mean, it's funny. It's got good drama in it. Really good series. Why is that not your thought? I think it's probably just like there's so much. And when they, it was coming on and I saw who it was going to be, the guy from was in Titans and that. And I thought, oh, maybe I could give it a go. I never got around to it. And then it just passed me by. And I was like, it's too late now to get involved in another program. <laughs> honestly, my list, even some of the stuff on BBC iPlay, which I haven't seen this year, is just racking up on my list. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to get a time to watch them all over Christmas. Some things are going to have to take a sacrifice. So Yeah, still, I would say it is a really, really good drama. And it is worth going to check. It's got a good level of humour in there. And he is perfectly cast in that role. It's not sort of all silly action. It is a good, solid story behind it. Worth going to check out, most definitely. It's a much better adaptation than the movie version. So, uh, yeah, go and check that out as well. But uh, 15th of December for Reacher Season 2. So that is everything for this week. Geek Town Awards, I mentioned again. Go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards to go and enter and uh, tell us your favourite TV shows, video games and films of 2023. You could win a big prize. So go and check that out over on geektown.co.uk forward slash awards awards gray if people want to find you where can they find you uh come and find me on x at gray the geek or and it's the other websites i'm at gray panton normally you just see posts about me running but other than that <laughs> yeah do come and uh, come and say hello uh, i might be a little bit more active over christmas when i start watching some of these shows so yes so uh go and follow gray over at gray the geek or gray panton or wherever you can find him on social media for other people you can of course go and find bex over on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s still doing charity streams for the Samaritans I think actually time of recording she's actually doing one tonight as uh, Trista Ross which is where she does a sort of Bob Ross take off of her painting things which is really really funny but she's doing 
doing lots of these stupid sort of charity stuff at the moment it's always entertaining go and check Bex out go and support her over there twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites it's going towards a really really good course Matt you can go and find at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts there is gaming talk over there and uh, there's a Man U podcast and lots of other things as well so go and check that out and Daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada for us go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on blue sky at geektown on instagram at geektown uk tiktok at geektown uk and threads at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.